You're listening to episode 130 here on the Fight for Brilliance podcast. On today's show, I'm talking all about the benefits of planning for failure. Now, if you haven't hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening, do so and you'll always be the first to know when episodes go live. And if you're not connected with me on social media, I'd love to stay connected with you beyond the show. You can find me using the handle at KellerThinks across all platforms. Every one of us are already made brilliant. You don't have to create that brilliance and you don't have to wish you had it. It's already in you. But you're going to have to fight to find that brilliance and you're going to have to fight even harder to live out your brilliance. Now let's get ready to have a conversation that will challenge you to rebel against complacency and conformity and fight for brilliance in every area of your life. Welcome to this week's episode here on the Fight for Brilliance podcast. I'm Justin Keller, your host. And if you're tuning in for the very first time, I want to welcome you and let you know that this show is all about challenging you to rebel against complacency and conformity so that hopefully you can live, lead, and create more brilliantly. And on the show today, I'm going to talk about the benefits of planning for failure. And before I get into that, I just want to catch you up to speed for those of you who have been part of the community, maybe those of you who are new. In the last 30 episodes were daily short episodes that I did throughout the summer where I would share a quote with you and then I would share a thought on that quote with you as well. And I did that every day for 30 days from July 15th through August 15th. And in doing so, I have been thinking a lot about the format of the show and I am still going to plan on bringing interviews to you. But for right now, what I want to do with the show is I want to share sort of the similar format, but maybe go a little bit longer than some of those quick thoughts and maybe expand these thoughts a little bit more, but still using maybe something from a book or using someone's thought that they already shared a quote and then expanding that and helping make it applicable to us that we can fight for brilliance in every area of our lives. And so I'm going to do that here today and I've got some interviews scheduled that I'm recording in the the following weeks here. And so there's some really great conversations that will be coming your way, but indefinitely I'm gonna stick with this format, probably get a few of those interviews recorded, get those conversations uh, locked in and then bring those back to you uh, at a later date. But for now, this is the format that I'm going to stick with here. So uh, let's just jump right into the episode here today. And I'm going to share a thought that comes from James Clear. And James Clear is the author of Atomic Habits, a book that uh, you may have read or at least seen floating around there if you're on social media at all. And I, I saw him post this the other day on uh, Instagram and, it, and it's it was an interesting thought and it, it made me think a lot about different areas of of my business and and just different things and and he said this he said never expect to fail but always plan for it never expect to fail but always plan for it and I want to unpack this just a little bit because I think right away. Anytime you talk about always plan for failure, it goes against a lot of the hyped up 
positive thinking messaging that we see out there from a lot of thought leaders and a lot of great people and people who are well-intentioned. But there's this missing, uh, I guess, aspect to some of that, you know, what I would call, I guess, overinflated optimism. And there's this aspect of reality. And when things don't work out the way that you planned, if you were so rigid and so stuck on it, it has to be a certain way. It has to, the outcome has to be this. I have to get that job. This has to work just like this. If you're so stuck on one outcome, that's really going to limit our lives. And I want to learn from an example here. And when Apple was working on the first iPhone, they actually had what was called P1 and P2. So there was uh, Johnny Ives' team that was working on his design and a concept. And then there was another team that was working on another concept. And Johnny Ives' uh, concept was one that was using the touchscreen technology. That's obviously so many younger people now that might be listening to this even. You don't know a world without uh, touchscreen technology, but it did exist before. <laughs> and so this was when this wasn't prevalent in the market and especially it wasn't used for sure on phones. That was so foreign, that concept and that technology. And so he's working on a concept that uh, would really be a lot different than anything anyone has ever seen on a phone or even knows how to use. And then there was the P2 concept that was basically turning the original iPod into a phone. If you remember those original iPods, big clunky little squares, heavy as can be, little turn dial on it to sift through your songs and stuff. But basically the iPad was so successful and so they were using that as the form and so and somewhat like function for that foundation for uh, the potential iPhone. And there was, you know, more confidence that this could translate into a phone since it worked already. People know how to use it. Uh, we have a consumer base, you know, that's that's happy with it uh, and knows the functionality. Uh, but this touchscreen option, I mean, this would be the first phone for Apple who is not a phone company at all at this time. And so they were really taking a, a risk by thinking about introducing a completely foreign technology and functionality to all phone users. And I know we all know that how this story works out because many of you are probably listening to this on your iPhone right now with that touchscreen technology, you know, cause yes, Apple went with that technology and that phone that no one had ever seen before. They introduced that to the market for their very first phone as really a computer company now diving into this whole new world for them. And it paid off big time, obviously. But what I love about this story and why it's relevant is they didn't just put all of their eggs into one basket. And you might think that a company that's worth billions at the time would be able to afford to just repeat success. They'd be able to afford to have the right team to just know that the, this is how we should build this and it will work. But even Apple, they still planned for another option. And they did what James Clear said. They didn't expect to fail, but they did plan for it. You know, in business, there's a lot of uh, talk around 
the idea of having multiple revenue streams. This could be maybe a number of products that one company has, or maybe different streams of income that maybe an individual has. You know, it could be if you're a, you have a home that you own, maybe you also have your job and you also have a rental house or you have multiple streams of income. And the idea behind it is that it, if it all works out, then that's amazing and that's great. But if you have three revenue streams and one or two of them isn't working anymore, well, you're not left saying, what now? I've heard uh, business mogul Dave and John refer to this as healthy paranoia, where preparedness you know, just like this principle of multiple revenue streams isn't about planning for failure, but rather it's about creating stability amidst uncertainty and unpredictability that we're for sure going to encounter in our lives. I think that this concept of never expecting to fail, but plan for it can transcend really into so many areas of our lives and it's a mindset and approach that can really turn into an advantage for us. You know, let's take a couple different looks at some areas in our lives. Think about applying this maybe to conflict resolution. You know, instead of going into a conversation to resolve something with someone with one resolution in mind and one way of going about resolving this, uh, this never expect to fail, but always plan for it mindset can make you be more open to other ways of resolving it. In other words, it can open you up to being willing to compromise rather than being so rigid and insisting on your way and on what you want. And this might seem simple, but I use this in negotiating with my son. And if you're a parent, you absolutely know what I mean by uh, negotiating with our little ones. But I may know that I want him to clean up his toys and I'll ask him to do it right away. But I'll also be prepared for the fact that I might be okay that he doesn't do it right away. And so if it's not urgent and he asks me if he can keep doing something else first, I can actually say, sure, but I want you to take care of it before lunch or before we watch a show or when you're done doing what you're doing right now, et cetera. Now, I know in this case, it's not failure if he doesn't clean up his toys right away, but this is an example of being prepared if it doesn't go the way that I had planned. And in return, we probably end up with a much more peaceful experience in the home that day. You know, it's this don't expect to fail, but always plan for it mindset that I, I use to help protect me in my business, you know, when a potential client says, yes, I want to work with you, whether that's via email or face to face. And they say, let's do this. I'm excited to work with them, but I don't count that revenue or block away the time for their project until the contract is signed and the check is deposited. Instead, I move on as if that client isn't mine yet. And I'm going to keep developing more business. I don't expect it to fall through, but I do plan for it. And this isn't about pessimism. This is a mindset and approach that is about being realistic so that you're not caught off guard and you're not sidelined when things don't work out the way that you had planned. You know, perhaps one of the greatest benefits of this mindset is that I think it forces patience and I think it forces intentionality. You know, instead of just responding or reacting to outcomes, 
you're already one step ahead of the outcome and you have another plan already. Instead of urgency creating actions or words for, for you, you're thinking through more than one way to approach someone or something. And so I just want you to think about that this week and think about that, how this mindset and this approach could benefit you. Because I think the challenge for us is to approach opportunities, to approach ideas and relationships with hope and possibility. We have to, we have to hold on to that. But we also at the same time have to live being prepared to redirect our expectations and strategies so that we're not caught off guard and so that we can more quickly head in the right direction, even if it is a new direction that we didn't plan for before. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope that this challenges your thinking and helps you fight for brilliance in your life so that you can live, lead, and create more brilliantly. Be sure to share this with two or three people. Let them know what you're listening to. You can send them a direct link, screenshot it, share it to social media. And again, I love to stay connected and keep the conversation going beyond the show on social media. You can stay connected with me using the handle at color things. And if you have a second and you haven't rated and reviewed the show, I would also love to ask that you would do that. That doesn't help build the show. I think you've probably heard some podcast hosts say that, but what it does do is it helps people know what to expect. Just like you would, if you were going to go to a restaurant for the first time, people want to know what you're saying, what you're thinking and how your experience is with it. And so rating and reviewing is for those who are discovering it for the first time. And so I appreciate you giving your honest feedback and especially thank you for those five-star reviews and great comments. All right. Until next week, here's your weekly reminder that you, yes, you, you are brilliant.